0: You're listening to OK Now Listen, a bi-weekly show where we chat about what's on our minds, what we're binging, and what's blowing up our timelines. I'm Scotty Beam. I'm a media personality, content creator, music enthusiast, and wing connoisseur.
1: And I'm Sylvia Obel. I'm a culture writer, host, producer, and lover of Beyonce.
0: My Sylvia, oh Sylvia. First of all, you look beautiful today. Thank you,
1: Scotty. You look so pretty. <laughs> I've been going How through. are you feeling this week? Well, you know... I must have rehearsed my lines a thousand times. A thousand times. But they <laughs> they never seemed to come out right. But when, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. If only you knew, if only you knew how much I got my mm-hmm. life from the versus battle between Gladys Knight and Patti LaBelle, because that's how I'm doing. It really yeah. it really just set the tone. It was the spiritual healing and cleansing I needed to start a new week. Um, yes. And I literally think my auntie powers are fully charged. We're at an all-time high right now. Um, I literally have zero fucks about me. Um, I literally have cursed out at least three or four of my nephews and nieces in my mind. Um <laughs> I I very I just feel I I just feel like you know our moon has risen like we are in auntie season like it's a zodiac sign like auntie's in retrograde like I don't know what it's called but that's where I'm at.
0: <laughs> I it was the warmest hug for me because I think you know a lot of us are missing our grandparents mm. too a lot of us are missing our elders and our family our ancestors and it was so just spiritual like for me yeah I, because I, I love this type of music too. 70s and early 80s is my shit yes I live by it I'm sticking to it <laughs> I will forever be embedded in the the 70s and 80s music culture period like I, I fucking love it. especially disco don't ever come for disco's head I will come for yours yes now <laughs> I was in love with the sisterhood between Gladys and Patty yes. Bell. Um, because it was genuine Mm. you can tell that it was genuine and it was nurtured yeah it's something that they spent years doing you know I'm spending years talking to each other and being you know kind to each other and loving on each other and I loved that about um, the versus challenge even though they didn't even know I'm sure and I'm pretty sure they don't even know what the fuck was happening <laughs> what was going on was it a com- like a competition absolutely not That's like a celebration it of those yeah it was definitely a celebration I love that they were singing from their chair your fave could fucking never ever in life not a person right now I don't care out singing sing your chair
1: out singing them from the chair. Actually,
0: actually. Legs, legs crossed. <laughs> the diaphragm is folded. You hear me? The diaphragm <laughs> already like... knows what to do. And they were singing, Gladys came and 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 also for those who came, tried to play in Gladys Knight's face, mm. don't ever. Don't and do because it. you don't know the music, you could have done your research, do your Googles and knew that this woman has been singing since Jesus was a boy, there's no, like she does this for real, she does not play. Like, um, Jesus was so a boy. I, Jesus was a boy and she does not play. She does not joke when it comes to those vocal skills.
1: Gladys came and hollered. She was hitting the notes early. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, Gladys sing her casually. out singing your fade from her chair at 77. Like, what is life? Get your t- Get your health together, all of that. Patty Mm -hmm. sang, if only you knew from her seat. She literally Mm -hmm. hit that if Mm -hmm. from her seat, from her chair. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just wanted to talk, like, I just, this is why that music will always be revered. That time period will be revered for what it was, which was bitches who could sing and that you weren't getting by. If you could not I don't care how cute you were um, I don't care how many some insta of, some well, of them
0: was getting by huh?
1: Well I mean like Diana was getting by huh? Wow we're not going to do some this of, No we're- <laughs> like, well, we were- we was getting No I know like, I, love I know you you're, you're right I, love, I just you I'm know that's fan. one of those black things but. that we don't say in front of the company <laughs>
0: No, well, what company? This is the listen. If they're listening to us now, they are family. They know about us. We the are white. on the what episode. So yeah, you're right. The white folks time, listening. Oh, white folks can't talk about shit. But first of all, if the whites are listening, <laughs> hi, you're just here listening. in. I, I seriously don't ever think about that. I know. But I know. I know. I'm I was just, you know, I I do. Believe that this was a time period where you had to give your all, no matter what. There you go. That's whatever you had, you gave your best. Right. And you looked your best. You were always at your best. Mm. Um, and so I think, you know, Gladys and Patty are like legends, fucking icons, legends, the icons, the visionaries. They were the the styles. Like the boys. I took some time just to look at Patty LaBelle's, <laughs> you know, evolution. <laughs> The evolution of Patty. the wigs and the wigs, <laughs> you know the styles. I just, I who child, I I really had a good time. I was dancing in front of my TV the whole time when Dion Warwick came out. Ooh, they, pulled, you they pulled out Dion. New Jersey's own, New Jersey's own. What sis came out? Was, she said she was eighty. She she's 80 said she's old. eighty. Yeah, she's eighty years old. Harmonizing again. With the best of them. And they
1: say when so they say I, Superwoman, child, I thought I levitated. Oh
0: Lord, Lord. They perform. They are entertainers. They're entertainers and what that I was is what you come to entertain.
1: And with. what I loved is that they, they gave me what I came for. Like they knew what we wanted. They gave us the class. They didn't turn the sarac bucket into a bouquet of flowers. They didn't have chandeliers did. in the back. You know, Patty sure brought did. the props because she knows she's the extra auntie. She knows she's the extra oh, auntie. So she had I'm her sure. Louis Vuitton suitcases that nobody asked her to bring. <laughs> As her side table, mm-hmm. she had multiple pairs of shoes. Did you catch the shoe change when she kicked off well, the of heels? of course, because and- <laughs> when she was singing "Somewhere Over the
0: Rainbow," it was expected <laughs> that she was going to fly away. That's first. <laughs> you had to fly away, and that you had you kicked off kick off your shoes.
1: Consider me Prince at the BT Awards special with the shoe in that <laughs> caught the shoe in the air, <laughs> held it, because that's how I felt by the end of the, that <sighs> damn versus child. Because let me tell you something. I'm gonna tell you my two favorite moments. When they went from neither one of us to somebody loves okay. you, baby, the back okay. to back, I almost had a heart attack.
0: I said, "How are you gonna hit us with a double header like that?" I was singing like <laughs> I was employed by Gladys Knight herself <laughs> to do back She was like, "Sis, can you just be pit, be one of the pit, one
1: of the pips.
0: And I said, "I got you, sis. Don't you worry." I was sweating, Sylvia. I put the phone down. If you notice, my timestamps are off because I had took a whole break to get up and sing the whole song because that is my song. Even my mom knew that it was my song. She wasn't home with me, Mm -hmm. but... She had tweeted uh she had no uh wrote a comment in the IG live that was like I hear my daughter singing all the uh, way from here because that's how hard neither one I of go us for neither one of us a it's break a breakup song a break breakup up song. song song child and they don't even break up at the end like <laughs> that's why it's, it's like, real farewell my love but like neither one I mean, of us, <laughs>
1: neither one of us.
0: I was going you were doing, hard You were doing moves. the
1: echo, neither one of us, for her. Yeah.
0: When she goes, farewell, my love. <laughs> farewell. And I was, goodbye, goodbye.
1: <laughs> and you got to do the choreography with it. <laughs> <laughs> did the whole thing. That's my Ooh. jam. I just want to say thank you to the aunties for giving us Auntie Chella. And I just really feel like, versus, the bar has been It's been raised. It's been raised. It's been raised because if these two women in their seventies can get up there and sing live regularly, I don't want to see another R and B singer compete in this competition unless you are gonna hit me with some live vocals as well. Cause you have no excuse. You have no excuse. It's, it's, it's been and it's you also different. no longer have an excuse to think you're too good for verses, which is really what this Jesus. did. Because now this. the bar of who's a who's like, oh, this is below me, or oh, they're too big for this. If Patty and Gladys did it. The the doors of the church are open. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> I have to accept that there are people that cannot and will not ever measure up to the legendary, the legends that are Patty mm-hmm. and Gladys. Shit! First of all, versus now, I don't even want new people anymore. I don't want nobody <laughs> just want after 1980. Oh no! I just need I need <laughs> How about the everyone. 90s? I was the just 90s. saying. Allow yeah, allow the 90s, the 90s. Okay, so the 90s, I want <laughs> Janet Jackson, I want everyone there. Yeah, I'm good after 99. <laughs> I'm good after 99. <laughs> but I have a sentimental tie to Gladys Knight's best thing that ever happened to me. It makes me think of my grandmother, oh. it makes me think of my mother, especially the lyrics, you know, because she says like, you know, If ever they were to write my story, you know, that you would be in it and you would be the best thing that ever happened to me. I don't know who she talking about, but for me, it would be my mother and my grandmother. That's beautiful. Um, So I I think I, I love that song and my mom also loves that song and I think that's something that we share together. We sing to each other. So I was crying. I was, I'm not gonna lie to y'all, mm-hmm. right now, here live on Okay Now Listen, <laughs> I was crying. I was trying not to look crazy because, you know, my boyfriend would be like, the hell is wrong with you? But I was I was tearing up because I was like, you know, this is something it was beautiful. We need to realize that we won't have anymore. Mm. You know, we'll have the music forever, absolutely. But moments like this we will not have any more like everybody's on borrowed time yeah so why not make the most of it and do things like this you know what i'm saying for the world to see and for you to see yeah um so you know when they hugged each other when they when they said signed off and said goodbye i was a mess because you know i i love those women yeah and the fact that these women wanted to do it yeah is something special and Makes me feel worthy, and I I love that. I love that, especially from Patty Labelle and Gladys Knight. Mm. There is no, They're literally what they can give me. I don't know, but they f- they filled my heart so full.
1: My cup runneth over.
0: Um. So yes, that plus my black sitcom binges really have been getting me through it. Cause this weekend, Sylvia, all I did <laughs> was sit in my bed and watch Girlfriends. That's all I did. I ate and just watch Girlfriends. I'm on season three now, child. I'm so
1: excited. I'm so excited. Honestly, I have loved being able to watch all these black-ass shows. I just feel so seen by so many of these characters and these storylines. Like The fact that I am still haven't finished Moesha, because Lord knows there was a million seasons of that, um, and yes. I still got Sister Sister yes. because there's a million seasons of that, and now I'm bringing Girlfriends into it. I'm overwhelmed in
0: the best way. I'm doing Sister Sisters in the morning and Girlfriends at night. <laughs> You got a schedule. Let's let's talk about it. I got a schedule. Let's talk about it.
1: Okay, so we definitely have spent the past few episodes talking about some of these black sitcoms like Moesha, The Game, and uh, as of this past week, Girlfriends.
0: And you know what all these shows have in common, Sylvia. What's that? What's that, Scotty? Motherfucking Mara Brock Akil. (laughs) who. (laughs) <laughs> Hello, the, baddest. the queen the visionary the legend
1: <laughs> you are absolutely <laughs> right because Mara has literally had her hand in so many of these black shows I love as a black woman she has really been the architect of how the architect of the representation I've seen in myself on TV—you want to talk about a visionary? She literally, Ooh. when I think about the black women, literally, whether from Moesha to Girlfriends to Being Mary Jane to The Game, like it's she's literally given me so many of my favorite strong black leads. <laughs> you like what I did there? Mm-hmm. So I love
0: it. I love it so, so much. So like, I
1: literally—it's hard for me to honestly pick even favorites because i love i really love so much of her work but i i have to say personally when it comes to the representation that mara has given us what has truly impacted me the most is girlfriends which is why i'm so glad it's on netflix so that everybody can remember all the references i've been making (laughs) scotty because i literally oh my god i'm so glad that you are on it and loving it because i told you I told
0: you this shit was the truth. No, I knew that it was the truth. I just did not remember. I had no idea. Like, I was 10 when this came out. So there was no way that I'm remembering any of this, especially me at 10. Me at 10 is completely different from now. I know.
1: But I think it's like, I feel like I grew up with it because, like, it started when we were 10, but, like, we were 17 by the time it ended. So I kind of did feel like these were the women who shaped what I thought, like, what I was, like, gonna expect. You know what I mean? Like, I guess that's how Mm -hmm. I felt as a teenager. Like, ooh, that's the next stage. Like, I'm at the end of my teens. They're at the end of their 20s going into their 30s. Like, what's that going to be like? You know what I mean? Like, I felt like I was, like, listening Mm -hmm. to cool aunties and kind of seeing what my future was going to be and, like, what kind of bullshit to come that was coming my way or whatever else. But, like, I... But I think, honestly, what I love the most and what it gave me is just really just the foundation and how much your girlfriends can be the loves of your life and can be the foundational source of, like, your your soulmates. And the representation she gave us of Black Friendship on TV, like, Living Single definitely laid the foundation for girlfriends, but I do feel like because I was so young when Living Single came out and it wasn't yet on the streaming reruns that we can enjoy now, like, girlfriends for me was like, oh okay, like it's all women. I mean William was there whatever. But like I do feel like it was very much like it, it showed how un, not how not easy friendship is and how you have to still work around that and even how different personalities come together and like some of that shit is toxic. I ain't gonna lie. Tony's selfishness. Super <laughs> Like Super. But Super And I we all I mean Scotty will tell you this. I, I, I am a Joan.
0: I am very much a you drone. are severely a Joan. First of all, I'm seeing it now. I'm in season three, and I'm like, "This is Sylvia." Oh my god! This is every time she says something, I'm like, "Oh my god, that's Sylvia!" It's, it's Sylvia and a few other friends I have. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, look at them! Look at these girls! I see them!" So it's it's in- interesting to see because I think again, younger me, ten to seventeen, was a different girl. Mm. I was a tomboy who was into sports. Yeah, who. Really didn't pay much attention to things that are on the tele- were that were on the television because I w- didn't feel seen anyway, so mm-hmm. I gave up on that a long time mm-hmm. ago unless it was like um, I don't know, I don't even think I was watching t v like that honestly um so yeah, I never got to see that, but me now as a woman mm-hmm. watching girlfriends. <laughs> my god I'm like oh my god this is our life because we're living like their age about now our, we're living it right <laughs> now so I was like, when Joan was going through all the things like at 30 when she was turning um turning 29 and she was losing her shit mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. then at 30 she was like I haven't done all these things like I need to do these things she thought she would need to be a nudist she gotta get on the beach and do something wild and <laughs> right. they were playing Never Have I Ever and she's never done anything so <laughs> wow triggered
1: um, me <laughs> yeah
0: so you know stuff like that I was like wow this is definitely what we're going through what I'm going through right now um, so yeah I felt seen now which yeah. is important Incredible that like TV is timeless too. That Mara's like, script, really Mara's that. impact, Mara's, like her, Mara's her writing, is, her the writing, the pen is. game, strong. The pen game, <laughs> strong. You hear me? She got the yapper on her. The chopper. <laughs> Hold up, wait a minute. It's a twenty two with that motherfucking pen. I'm about to fight you. Mara, girl, <laughs>
1: Hold up, wait that a was minute. It's a twenty
0: two. it was it was great. It's great so far. Like I'm really enjoying I'm so glad. Like
1: I am not deep into my binge yet because I just got my Wi-Fi and cable cut on in my new apartment. Okay. So now okay, so now we're in it though. I'm about to be like I now I'm about to be able to do this at the pace I want to. Um and i am excited Ooh. to relive this as mm. a 30 year old woman and mm. um just see my friends in the situation but i do it's like it's like a warm hug because it's like wow like it's kind of like, okay, I can, when I watch these episodes, I can remember thinking what I thought I would be like by that age. And now I can see like where I am at. And I kind of like that it's like I'm able to have that recollection through the show in that way. And then like even mm-hmm. just. Seem like, oh, I do have my Maya and my Lynn and my Tony. And I didn't know if I was going to have those growing up. You know what I mean? At that point, yeah. Yeah. And like, these women have been there more for me than these niggas. Wow, Mara knew. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, at least more consistently. You know, I used to watch Joan and be like, wow, she's a successful black woman at 30. Can I do that? And it's like I literally—it's not a house. I didn't have grandparents that left me a house, which is how Joan got her house. For the love of God, yes. Twitter, my yes. fucking God! Y'all love to ask a question, an irrelevant question. Like y'all love to but, try to but poke don't have home.
0: no but don't have no motherfucking <laughs> questions for that white woman on um fucking Sex in the City. They got That's listen, my confusion. listen.
1: Joan's grandparents gave What's her, her, her name. House. What's Sarah Je- Jessica Parker's Harry. name? Carrie really?
0: Bradshaw. That child. At, I don't. I really don't know white women. It's nuts. and I
1: watched of all of. The, and that's the other thing. I watched Sex in the City. And this came like girlfriends kind of came after Sex in the City. Like I think they maybe overlapped for a hot minute. But like, I I loved that we got. This shit, because I used to watch my mom and her friends watch Sex in the City and be like, damn, they don't got no black women to watch. You know what I mean? That 11 singles over. And then friends had come in between that time, too. So it really was needed because, like, we had kind of, like, lost that fred- black friendship tribe shit that was going on there. And it was sh- it showed that we contained multitudes. It showed the diversity within diversity of black women. Like, I don't even think yes. we had ever gotten to see a black woman like Lynn. On TV before before mm-hmm. girlfriends specifically, mm-hmm. like just this bohemian hippie biracial, like student loans up to her ass, like you know what I mean? Super smart, but very free spirited. Like you usually don't get to be both. Yeah. Girlfriends for me. Honestly, is the Mara show? I saw so much of myself and what I thought would be my future in it, and I am so it's it's just it's also just really nice to look back now and be like, wow, so I did get to do some of these things. Like I am moving into my own place, and I have these things, and I I am trying to figure out how to have the next version of that. Like these women are, and I just kind of feel seen and just um, understood is the real thing there. I feel understood by these shows, and that's what means the most to me about it. What Mara show? And or character made you feel that way the most?
0: I would have to say, um, and this is an older one, but this is um, being Mary Jane for me. And yes, a lot of it is not me because, you know, I was not sleeping with a married man and you know, all that <laughs> just, stuff like that. Just to be I,
1: clear. I, I and I mean, it. I'm not classist like Joan either, just to be clear. Like, we just see parts of yeah, ourselves. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, but there are parts of Mary Jane that I think I see myself um, in, and that's the work ethic. Mm. So it came out in 2014, I was 24 years old, and I still was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I knew where I wanted to be, I just had to figure out how I was gonna do it. That's a better way of saying it. Her work ethic for me was where I saw myself and where I wanted to be, Mm. you know, how hard she worked. I was like, I need to be that dedicated and also her leaving motivating like quotes on her wall on her mirror stuff like that I do that a lot and I never thought in a thousand trillion years that people do shit like that (laughs) I do it I did it often and around that time too I was living in a house that was not mine I was living in an apartment that was not mine so um I kept those notes like in my notebook Mm. or you know uh would write it down on my phone or stuff like that. And whenever I felt really low, I would go back to those notes and just read them over and over again. Mm. She also never let them see her sweat. Like professionally, she could be going through some shit, and she, w- and she was going through some shit. Right. but she never took that when that into camera came on her job. When that camera came on, when that mic is hot, mm. she did her thing, and that's what I loved most about uh, being Mary Jane too. I loved that. Like I love it. I love the professionalism period when it comes to like shutting out the world and doing what you love, you know? Right. Yes, it's a mess in the back. And I know that you're not expecting, I am, you know, yes, we're not perfect. But right here, mm. where I wanna be, my passion, what I love to do, this is going to be my number one pr- priority right now. Yeah. And I love that about Mary Jane. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I love. I aspired to be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and she had Michael Ely in her bed at one point, which is very aspirational. And
0: and now you know that's why also I saw myself. because I, I because, used, I saw, <laughs> because
1: that we, is we learned a few episodes ago how reason. much how you feel Hello. about fuck them kids, Michael Ely. <laughs> okay.
0: Hello. She
1: I can't remember. Did she end up did she end up with him or did she turn yeah, out? Yeah, she married engagement? him. She married, no, she married him. No, oh, she married him. Okay, yeah, okay. Remember
0: the the last the, the what was it? A movie? It was a Mary Jane. Oh movie. yes,
1: it was the movie. Okay, yes. thank you. That's why yeah. I was getting confused about it, child. Yeah. Thank God, child. At least, hey, at yeah. the end of your struggle storm, she started the season sleeping with a married Amari Hardrick, but ended the series <laughs> with Michael Ely as her husband.
0: Michael, if that ain't a, if
1: that ain't a testimony for <laughs> what growth can do for your life. Oh. Man. You may think you're child. in the darkness now, sis. The wilderness. Sis, but
0: trust me Michael you Michael Ely comes in the morning. <laughs> Hello. Cause child, she was going through it. She had her Ooh. moments. Yeah. Um but yeah, I enjoy and I enjoyed that show very much. It was written very well.
1: Yeah, Mara is definitely the gift that
0: keeps on giving. I'm thankful for her life, her and her pen. You know, Sylvia, I think it's time we give Mara Brock Akil her flowers. What do you think?
1: I could not agree more, Scotty. And I am so honored that we were able to chat with Mara and do just that. I'm honestly, I still can't believe we even got to have such a sister soul auntie session with our Shiro. I'm still pinching myself.
0: <laughs> Today, we welcome the blueprint mm. a woman who sets and raises the bar, whether it's breathing life into these networks or giving black girls and women the opportunity to feel seen on their television. Yes. Screenwriter, producer, creator, Mara Brock Akil. Oh my God, I can't believe that. Woo, we are not worthy. And like Sylvia says, (laughs) our our co-worker our new co-worker
1: because listen (laughs) i'm writing that in my twitter that's the new twitter bio for this week's episode mara braga kills our co-worker like we are excited about it okay they have given mara the keys to the kingdom and we are just happy (laughs) happy happy that netflix made Mm. the right choice the smart choice to bring mara aboard (laughs)
2: <laughs> i'm happy they did too ladies thank you for that beautiful introduction i mean come on who doesn't i mean that was that was spirit filled thank you i'll take that every day i appreciate that i
1: i just i love you so Scotty's much granddad. she's she, we do it from the heart but so let's just jump right into it this month marks the 20th anniversary of your classic television series girlfriends oh and the series in all of its entire entirety is now on netflix Congratulations. How does it feel?
2: It feels amazing. It feels like Christmas. I, I, to be honest, I kind of gave up that this was gonna happen. When all the other shows were streaming on the various platforms, I was like, oh, uh, hello, what about Girlfriends? What about the game? Y'all, come on. And it just didn't seem to happen and I didn't understand why. And so then I had to let go so I can receive more, you know, to open myself up so I can do more work, right? And the blessing and alignment, we plan and God plans. And God is the best planner because I did not see this coming hey. when I was over there making a deal for my, making an overall deal. Who knew on the other side of the mothership, they were, this blessing was happening. And the alignment of it is nothing but God. I just, I am, I'm in awe that what tomorrow would mark t- literally 20 years to the day that girlfriends, that my life changed. Wow. And like, as, as you ladies said Y'all's life changed.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. listen, I haven't been the same since. And it's like, it's it's insane that how, I think it speaks to the quality of the show and the quality of your work that it still resonates across generations. Like we were teenagers, you know, we were pre- teenagers like when-, when Y'all should have been in bed. That's, that's what- <laughs> <laughs> I know, we ain't had no business in grown folk business, but we was in there, we was in there and i 'm just so excited to rewatch it now that i 'm the age of Joan, Tony Lynn, and Maya. you know what I mean, and it 's still that show to us, and wh- I just wanted to get your opinion why do you think that show still means so much, and like why do you think that it still fills such a hole that like we 're also so thirsty for?
2: well it's clear to me, I think, because I built the characters as human beings i them the whole goal of the show or one of the goals is I wanted our humanity to be seen. I wanted the breadth of who we are, you know, from the ratchet to the righteous, to, you know what I'm saying, to the, <laughs> <laughs> to our to success. Yeah. To the bougie, to the, you know, <laughs> eating ramen, to the eating too much sushi. I, all of it. I wanted, I wanted all of us in there, all of who we are. I think one of, you know, I think a lot of artists are political in, in a sense. And my poli- my politics is I wanted black people. I want black people to be seen as human. And I want us for ourselves, number one, and then for the greater society so that we can have space in the world to be who we are and be great and be who, you know, and not, you know, sometimes this, you know, what is it, respectability politics. You know, we've we spend so much of our life trying to be something Else, and I want us to be who we are, and who we are is good enough. We are human. We are all those things. So I think the ca- characters resonate because they were built with care. They were built with quality. They were built with having real human aspects to them. Not 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 selling out on the stereotypes just to get a show on. Um, mm. I'm really blessed to have had the the space to tell these stories, and I'm really thankful that there's an audience because you know as an artist you need an audience to have a conversation, and that what was put into it was felt and received. And each year, you know, that the, um, you know, when people, when people, the word of mouth, cause at the time that's all girlfriends really had, we didn't have any billboards, we didn't have any campaigns. Mm-hmm. It really spoke to the viewer and the viewers. So I have, I'm thankful to the viewers because the loyal fans have been there day one, been spreading the word, whatever network is gonna pop up on, um, wherever it shows up, but to be on Netflix, where the, you know, to be on the biggest streamer in the world, to be there, and people, to, they know how to use it, they know they already have a, hopefully they already have a subscription or they're getting one. Um, so they can just binge it, have a good time, check out for a minute, have some laughs, be reminded of their humanity is huge for me. And mm-hmm. um, Girlfriends was started on UPM when they thought the, the network was gonna cancel every every week, the network, not the show. <laughs> they thought the can't, the network wasn't <laughs> going to be around. And to create under those conditions and know that it had a place in the world and then for it to be 20 years later still relevant on this major th- platform is amazing. And so I'm thankful.
1: Yeah. And so you touched on something that like I really wanted to talk to you about, which is you. I love that you made the point to talk about how you made flawed characters, human characters, characters who... We're not following respectability politics because I do feel like, as Black women, especially when the journey from when "Girlfriends" was on, and even when "B. Mary Jane" was on, we were used that we had to be kind of perfect to be something digestible for the mainstream public. And you've made a lot of a lot. I've thought about each of your the main character, the Black women main characters in the shows you've created, whether it's Melanie Barnett or you know Joan, Tony, Lynn, and Maya, or Mary Jane, um, Nori. Like all of these characters. They're not perfect. They make question. They're not always even likable. And they make a lot of questionable choices. And I want to talk to you, you know, like, what, you know, what was the decision that went into developing flawed black women and flawed black, black friendships and black love like i'm thinking about even like joan and tony and the, the like their friendship and where it went and you know people are about to experience that now grown like dang would i be okay with my friend doing this to me or even like you know there's a lot of talk on twitter about the game with melanie and derwin and like you know the decision for her to keep keeping him you know so like what yeah. like what kind of talk to us because i think the people want to know like what you your intentions were with these situations
2: i think When I entered into, you know, to your point, I think there's still this pressure for black people to be perfect, not just on television, but in life in order for us to be to stay alive in in one case. Yeah. Or or to just be accepted. Um, And I don't believe that. I think that, you know, I believe that my I'm human, I'm here and I deserve to be here flawed and all. And so and and so if I want that for myself, I want that for my people. So that that is reflected in my art and so one of the things that i really believe and write to is this idea that i don't believe in positive images or negative images i'm Mm. um positive images can be just as damaging as what people think negative negative images are because perfection is not real it's not possible so then why do we have black people running a fool's errand trying to be perfect, as opposed to being themselves, spending that time and energy and asking, who are you? And the things that our parents or our grandparents are putting on us, are those ours? Is that for us? We need to make space for the for who we are. And I mean, sometimes we can't always carry the burden or the the baggage, one would say, even of our own families. We have to heal those things. We need space for those things. And so, being flawed, making your own way, taking the values of your family, yes, but being able to make the choices for you, whether it be in in the way you identify, as you identify (laughs) what your sexual preference is, what your job is, what your life looks like. We deserve that. We're owed that. Meanwhile, we're still fighting for our humanity, right? So Right. By putting all of these issues in there, I think it helps us to reflect um, on who you are. Like you said, some of the characters aren't likable. Well, it's, that's a mirror and a gauge for you, the viewer. Are you that way? Number one. And two, if someone's in your life that way, can you still love them and make space for them? If you can make love and space for Mary Jane, then you can certainly maybe sort of look at <laughs> you can look at some of your other <laughs> friends and sort of try to understand them. You know what I'm saying? Or I didn't see it that way. Or more importantly, yourself. You know, I think one of the things I was even trying to you know, talk about in that show was. It's interesting how Black women sort of put a lot of the burden on themselves to think if it if it wasn't for them it would all fall apart, and I think I'm trying to say uh, no Black women that's not true. We also need to start yeah. taking care of ourselves before we always try to take care of everybody else. With girlfriends it was about it was about can we have it all you know and you see Joan was running around about to kill herself. <laughs> Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: have
2: it all relatable yeah but But thank god there was a safe place the support group as as um flawed and wonderful as it is she had a safe place to land so did tony have a safe place to land so did lynn so did maya and that's what we need also in our human experience is a safe place to land and be
0: somebody asked me uh, a few days ago what dream Did I recently have to let go of? And I had said that it was the dream of others, of my families, of my mothers, of, you know, um, my ancestors, even like even the people who came before me, those dreams were placed on my back because they weren't able to, you know, see it. And I and I get that. And I know that we have to carry that with us all the way. But I wanted to know when you when did you start to get to that place where you said, okay, I have to let go of these dreams of others, like f- that people placed on me, not my own, I didn't even start to think of my own. When did you start to actually say, okay, this is what is my dream look like?
2: Honestly, I've been thinking about it throughout my life. But to your point, I, it was as significant as it is to my career and girlfriends. There was a point in which I really, I went to Northwestern, I went to become um, a journalism, a journalist, I went to journalism school, the best. And I really was going down that path, and we people thought Plan B would be advertising. Which, okay, she's going to come right out of out of school, going to Chicago, and I literally had that job offer. And then I was like, ah, something told me if I take this job, by this time I wrote my first screenplay, and it was horrible, but it was the joy of my life. And I just remembered that feeling, that feeling that I loved that process and being with those characters more than I loved like the guys that I was dating and that actually woke me up and I had to pay attention to that feeling anyway no job prospects in that and that was the first time I had to learn and how to tell my family what my dreams were the second step they're like okay so then it became a math problem I became a manager at the gap just to hold be able to hold my own like pay the rent like just like a math problem, that I can t- take care of myself, mommy. If you just kick me down with some car insurance, we'd be good, you know. Like that. That's like that, but that wasn't sustainable with a Northwestern degree, and I had to figure out how can I help them invest and buy into invest, not necessarily more money, but invest in believing in me. You know what I'm saying? Because dreams, sometimes you need that because you're gonna you sometimes fall out of your own belief. You need support, that support system. Long story short, it was getting tight. And my, I'm, a, I'm, I'm raised by a family of educators. And so they were starting to send me job applications and, and postings about teaching and mm-hmm. all these other things. And, and I got really mad at them because I didn't think people believed in me. And what I realized one day in stillness and in prayer, I heard this voice say, they believe in you, they don't know how to help you. And that's important. I think that would be important to know that our families do believe in us. They don't know how to help us. They don't have anybody they can call in Hollywood to say, look after my baby. They could call all of LAUSD and I could have a teaching job tomorrow. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. On a track to be the principal probably. And a great life, but they couldn't help me in Hollywood. I was on my own. And when I forgave them, then I was able to tell them how they could help me. Grandma, can you feed me every Sunday and can I come over and wash clothes? And those conversations gave me a place just to land and think. And so I can keep dreaming and plotting and planning the dream. And that sometimes is the support system that we need just so that we have enough space to go after that job. And then I got on the Sinbad show. And once I got on the Sinbad show, you meet Debbie Allen, you meet Ralph Farquhar, you meet all these amazing people. And then I'm on South Central and then I'm working on Moesha. You know what I'm saying? Then 25 years old, I'm on Moesha because I had that kind of support. And I, think it, I, I do think the shift was me. So thank you for asking because I forgot about that. And I think it was one of my big moments in my journey of success um, was forgiving them in the spirit of them not yeah. thinking they're not supportive but they, and letting their dreams go and going right. for mine. And speaking of confidence, you've talked about pushing to
0: get that showrunner credit for uh, season three of Girlfriends um, and being ready to walk if it didn't happen. How did you find that courage as a black woman to hold your ground on that? And also, what should compromise
2: look like for a black woman in Hollywood? Early on, I met Keenan Irie Wayans in this business, like when I was like way before the showrunner, showrunner status. And I remember one thing he said that caught my attention. I always stuck with it. And he was like, understand the power of no. And so part of that power was putting myself in a position to walk away. So money is important. How you manage money is a very important thing. So my ability to say no and be willing to walk away was my, abil- oh. my management of money. Uh, to be quite honest, which I will also attribute to my mother and my grandmother. They taught me that, those values, those things helped me in a way. So when Hollywood thinks they got you and sometimes, you know, you you spin above your means, it's not, you can't say no. I didn't have children at the time. I had a very, I have a very supportive husband at the time. I mean, it's still, and I had to decide what was more important to me. And Mm -hmm. I also understood, when you talk about compromise, I also understood the show like, know who you are in the moment. And I also know the show was successful and that it was, it was m- making money for the network. It was successful for them. I knew that I was the key to that success. And I had to mm. figure a way of how to help them see that. And so mm. there was a moment where, you know, they needed me and I still needed them, but they needed me if they wanted that show to be successful and hold that slot. And so I, I, I rolled the dice on faith. But then sometimes when you win, you know also this deck is stacked against you. But I'm like Kobe, I'm like LeBron, I'm like all of them. Give Mm -hmm. me the ball. I want the ball. I'm going to take the shot. I'm like Damian Mm. Lillard. I want the shot. Give me the shot. Right. Because a lot Mm -hmm. of women
0: in our industry, black women in our industry, period, just don't know whether to compromise or what compromise looks like anymore because it's like, am I like? throwing it all away, am I doing this right? am I yeah. like compromising a bad right am I negotiating decision. right yeah. me walking out is that me being an angry black woman now like I don't know and then they
1: also gaslight uh, so many of us to feel like we don't have the keys like we won't make the right. show like we right. aren't key. like you knowing that you were key to the show I've been in so many situations where I know I was key to a project but yes. the people around you will make you feel like you're replaceable right. that you're not key you know I mean that you like, like do the opposite of like empowering you in the sense where you really have to know that true to yourself because a lot right. of people around you will make you feel like it's not the case. Right.
0: Self-awareness is the key.
2: Self-awareness, but I think, you know, one thing I've been really practicing more and more is meditation, stillness. You know mm. the voice of truth. Sometimes you know when people are gassing you up, you're gassing yourself up or whatever. You know when there's compromise. And so one of my things was even as I said what I had to say, I didn't roll my eyes. I didn't I wasn't stomping out of there. I wasn't yelling. I wasn't I was in compromise. I'm telling you what is best for the show. I spoke the Mm. language of value. I am what's best for this show. I, I can honestly tell you that if you decide to move forward with this show, it will not be as successful without me. And then I also had receipts, meaning like it was promised to me. So I wanna know what changed, what haven't I done? Because you can check all that I've done. So when you just sort of speak and it may not be comfortable for you, but it's right. And so this is what I'm willing to do. And I think just by speaking up for ourselves, you get to see where people really are. The, the last yeah. thing I'll say is I've also learned, when you say where the compromise is, I think it's important, especially uh, in my role as a showrunner and a, and a leader, a visionary, you have to be able to, I always say, I speak many languages, but I only speak English. So it is my job to help communicate. And it can be tiring at times, but the way you talk to executives is one way. The way you talk to the actors is another the way. You talk to the writers, the way you talk to the crew, it's part of in the role to galvanize everybody and empower them to that vision. And when you sort of build that around you, it's it becomes in some cases a no brainer for the, the, the moment you're asking about, am I compromising? Am I Am I making the wrong move or the right move? You'll know this is valuable. This is my value. This is what we said. And can I just get what what's fair? And I think I can fight on fair.
1: I loved the earlier. You talked about how, you know, some of this advice came from like Keenan, Ivory, Waynes, and how you mentioned, um, you know, even you've I saw you've posted on Instagram about um, the community about being like how you got your job on Moesha and just kind of how the community leaned on each other. And we all know that there's very few black people in this industry. And one of the things I've loved is like with all these shows coming back on Netflix is seeing the credits and seeing how many recognizable names are in the credits of these shows that I didn't know them then, but I know these names now. Like whether it's you being brought on to work on Moesha and seeing your name in those credits, or you know, seeing, you know, knowing that Lena Wait has spoken openly about her work with you on girlfriends and how she was motivated and inspired by you, seeing Kenya Barris's name all up and through the game. I was all like, wait a minute. Every single I was like, what? Listen. And so it really looks like you got you've been fostered in or even fostered your own community of black creators was this intentional or is this what survival looked
2: like for you all you know it's coming up it's legacy you know one of the beautiful things especially about around the moesha days and even the sinbad days the segregation of our programming <laughs> created our, our sort of hollywood hbcus you know what i'm saying we only mm. there was very limited yeah. places for us to go and you're just around that love. You're around that place to be. I, I think my Ralph Farquhar, Sarah Finney Johnson, and Vita Spears, they created a place for me to learn. You know, I learned mm. how to make TV. They weren't selfish in hoarding the the, 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 mm. the, the skill set of how to do this. They opened the doors. And anytime they opened a the door, y'all, I was there. I was there. I was there doing the most like what do you need i was always and i think that's important i think i became the go-to person and bit the but the Mm -hmm. benefit is i learned how to make the sausage i am so you know i wasn't always although it was a lot of fun and parties and things of that nature but i was there to learn and absorb how to do this and so i watched witnessed my mentors pulling up lifting as they climbed they hired right. black people they wanted us there you know what i'm saying um they looked for us they had to teach sometimes as they were um also were being hired there was a teaching course because we didn't have the experience all the doors were not always open for us so that is important to me I'm a, I'm connected to a link. And so what was, and how do you pay that forward? How do you say thank you? People want to use thank you a lot, but how do you say thank you is you pass that forward. And that's what mm. I did to Kenya. That's what I did to Kenny Smith, Karen Gist, Lena Waite, Princess Penny. I'm so proud of all of them. I think they all have overall deals. Jenny Rice, all of those right. came through and, and taught them how to, make the sausage and also gave them place to be, have a voice, make mistakes and learn from them and grow. And that's how we move forward. I mean, like Toni Morrison said, I always
0: say it, the function of freedom is freeing someone else. So that's exactly what we have to do. We have the responsibility to do. But you mentioned that working uh, with Netflix would allow you the space to do what you do best, which includes painting portraits and murals of women. Talk to us about why
2: this is so crucial to your work. Black women, well, my muse are black women. The marginalized, the invisible—we are not seen. Yet I see, I see all the beauty in us. I mean, I was raised by this beauty and this complexity too. I mean, we're not perfect. I love, I love the imperfections. In the Japanese culture, they have a term called wabi sabi, and wabi sabi is the beauty in imperfections. And I think. But we need to be seen, you know, and so I'm just I'm just trying to let people see us the best way I know how and using mm-hmm. and, and do- using art and commercial art to expose us to ourselves as well as to a larger audience. So I'm just painting portraits and like girlfriends was whole. My whole theory about that was I just want to document our existence. This is what we were thinking and doing in, in the year at the turn of the century. This is what we were saying, how we were saying it, how we were doing it. So imagine i'm just scratched i have i feel like i've only scratched the surface i think my my it's interesting my vision of my storytelling i reached with love is i think when i first got off the boat into hollywood that's how i saw in my head that's how things looked in my head i also knew i didn't know how to make that show just yet Also, they weren't buying that show then, right? So so now that I know how to make what is in my head and at the level of quality and expression that I want, teaming up with Netflix, they believe in that same quality of expression. They have the resources, they have the reach, and they have the um, attraction to the type of stars and talent I wanna work with. Like One funny story I always love to tell, I had Regina King's picture on my wall because she was Joan. That was like the muse for Joan. So when it was time for Joan to get cast, and I was like, well, did, did Regina call back? Did Regina call back? <laughs> <laughs> but this is at a time when every other week in the trays, UPN may not make it. So of course Regina's not calling back, right? This is, she's all, she is done. You know, boys in the hood, tutu, set this girl Yeah, that's cute. And it's funny because we laugh about it now. But um, it's fun that I'm able to tell her that story. Right. And um, so can attract that kind of talent. Netflix, I'm just excited about the resources we'll be able to partner together and what we'll be able to do in in that parody, in that shared vision of making hits globally. (laughs) So I'm excited.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned that's a very global audience, and you've had this, you know, you've had this history of launching and, you know, kind of even reviving networks with your shows, whether it was Moesh, I mean, whether it was Girlfriends in UPN, or The Game NCW, and CW, and B. Mary Jane with BET, and now here you are at Netflix, and I think the difference to me is a little bit how quintessentially black those other networks are versus Netflix, which is what well, we're making the very black every day. And I'm glad you're here to join us. But like, you know, like it is very global. It's a, it's a global, it's a global international platform. Our culture is global. Let's be honest, black it culture is. is
2: a global franchise. And we've been saying that forever. And now there's a measurement to prove it. I knew that girlfriends and being Mary Jane was, was like killing it. You just from the grassroots reports that, over in the continent of Africa that it in places like Nigeria and Ghana and South Africa, it was hot, it was lit or, oh, in, the, or in the diaspora in, in London. And I'm like, but, you know, where are the metrics? Where, where are the metrics? Yeah, yeah. I know it's a global audience. And so I, I also have a goal that our human story is a global one, which I know, and here's a, an opportunity to, to prove that. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited about that too. But it's, it's interesting Launching And thank you for acknowledging that the launching of those networks, and although I'm very, 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 very proud of either like launching or being a part of a launch or a, re, re, or a relaunch or a reimagining, that's a lot of work. That's a lot yeah. of work. You got to make it. You got to teach. It's a lot. So to come in and just have the resources, I'm excited. I'm really excited about what the, what the opportunity presents itself. It's like walking into a studio and having all the paints, cam- all different size canvases. I want. I got light. I got a, I got a studio. You know what I'm saying? You're not working out the back of your car or something. <laughs> <Just like> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and right. so I'm excited about, um, you know, what's possible. Yeah. And then also reaching that point, like the love is to be a. I directed, wrote, produced that and have such a full expression and to get that out at a time now that I'm about to launch into this deal or in this deal is exciting as well. Like where my voice is.
1: Yes, and that speaks to, I'm glad you brought up about where your voice is because I was really just thinking about the trajectory of your career, even just as you grow in the world and grow as a woman because it dawned on me that you were literally my age when you created Girlfriends, which makes me feel like I- Stress. That stress. stress. I mean, it felt like a I'm personal attack. I said she was 30. I'm 30 now. No. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't you do that to yourself.
1: I know, I know. This is not this is not about that This is about you. But I was saying, I don't even say that to guilt you. But like to me, it also like, you know, you were in your 30s and that shaped those characters and that narrative and that outlook on love life. And, you know, like you said, trying to have it all. And then, you know, in your 40s with being Mary Jane and then love is right before you hit 50, which you are now. And I'm wondering even like how you think your outlook may, on life and just everything, you, the wisdom you've acquired acquired now as a 50 year old woman, when it comes to the new worlds and the new women that you're going to create and the new narratives, how does like your outlook on life now at 50? do you see how that's going to impact your voice at all?
2: It is. I, I bring myself to my work. I mean that is very true and, and my feelings and my you know perspective, I'm watching a lot about what's happening in our world, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know if you notice too, one of, the th- one of the subjects I talk a lot about throughout a lot of the program is class. It's not just race that I talk about or from the lens of black people but the we are so disparate in our in our experience in the world and also to each other that is a continuum. I think how how the, the the latest civil rights movement is going to impact us you know the movements I haven't find you know I actually find your generation beautiful and challenging in a lot of ways and inspired by you know, Finding that different language and rhythm, we're still experiencing the same things. Like you're I mean, like you're talking about being thirty and where are you in your career of success, right? I was having right. the same conversation. You're saying I was having the same conversation with myself, you know, so but the way we're experiencing it, the way we talk about it, the way we move through it, the way circumstances are in society, the dismantling of institutions means there's new rules. So what does that mean um, and how does that have an effect? So I think I have, I just spoke about, you know, having the, the luxury of a little space and the right resources to think and be and be reflective and, and sort of pull those through lines through and then also attract those new voices who have a lot to say. I remember being young Mara in the writer's room, having a lot to say, wondering when I can say it, you know what I'm saying, to really help. And really feel like I'm really helping and impacting the show. I remember, well, here's a fun story. So I used to pitch. So M- uh, Moesha and Kim, I was like, their friendship has to take a hit. It's like, it's too, there was a time, like, I just felt like it was a little too, everything is easy. And so one of the fights that I was pitching was, I think Moisha's going to call Kim a bitch. Or somebody's going to call somebody a bitch. I remember that. And I remember my, you know... My mentors, they were like, and the showrunners, they were like, no, that's not gonna happen in my show. And I, you know what? And I, I was a little frustrated because I really thought I was cutting, I was trying to be sort of cutting edge and this is what's happening. This is how we talk to each other. This is how it is. Whether right or wrong, let's put it on there and explore it, right? But they didn't want to, and I respect that. But one of the things uh, Ralph used to always say to me, he would say, and I would pitch it a few times because I was passionate. <laughs> so, <they> would say, <laughs> so a way to shut me down nicely and, and, and I could have my dignity was uh, he would say, save it for your pilot. And I knew that it was a self-deprecating. you know. And so I'm like, it was a way to laugh and kind of sink back into your seat and rethink. But then I started it's like, wait, I am going to save it for my pilot. And I started writing down all the things that. They didn't want to tell in their story, and that's perfectly fine. But that's what I want to say. I learned how to find what I wanted to say. And I'm not afraid to talk about those things. I'm not always saying everybody's right or everybody's wrong, but this is what's happening in culture, and how can we examine it and give different points of view? And what I want to do is keep finding my voice right where I am, where I see the world and invite those new voices to challenge me, you know what I'm saying? So that we are having a really rich conversation with the audience through a hit show.
0: Yeah, I think um, in order to be a visionary, you have to be a master learner. Um, And I think that's what you are. And I've always wanted to know Through years, of course, of learning and experiencing, I think you're still going to learn past 50, past 60, past 70. You're going to continue to learn. But I always wanted to know this about you as the person, the human. What are you still trying to prove to yourself?
2: Dude, I didn't know he was going to therapy. <laughs> we get no. Hey, hey, we're <laughs> deep. Sorry. This is a girlfriend sorry. time. No, no, don't that <laughs> was a good. That was a good, what am I still trying to prove to myself that I don't have anything to prove? Right where I am, literally right now, my practice and my learning is receiving what I have manifested and co-created with God. Yeah. And I think that part is huge because that's a letting go, that's a control issues, that's all the things that have driven me and I can mark as a way to be successful. But I think right now it's just to be. Right.
0: Because at 30s, in my 30s, we romanticize, like having it all together and when that will be. And I know there's a lot of pressure. This could be my therapy session. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, Because it's amplified through quarantine, we're like, you have to have it all together for 30 no and you don't I have to you please know. tell her
1: I tell her I'm 30 I've been 30 for like 6 months I keep telling we don't have it all together I, I, I'm very new into it so my advice goes above and overhead I feel like right, Mara you're a better happened, person like having I've, Mara
0: <laughs> having Mara say that right where she said you know
2: ha, when you decide you have nothing to prove you <laughs> know what I want to pass on to the next generation and if you can learn it faster than I did I really want you to practice stillness meditation and yoga which is a is an inward exploration i think what we've experienced all the way up until now is that success and everything we need is outside of self having material things are fun and good and try and and understand that you know i'm saying so when you go buy something buy the quality buy plot and plan for that thing you want. Enjoy the journey to that thing you want. But really what I would love for you to do is go inward in your exploration. If you could practice and harness that and learn how to take five minutes out of your day just to sit still for a second, to hear yourself, you will get to where you're trying to go better. Because one of the things you may not be doing is is being clear with what you want. You may not be clear in your vision. You hmm. might be borrowing from so many different the influences you guys have in your generation versus mine is mind-blowing like you're getting hit with somebody else's vision of themselves or of the world and mm. when do you have the time to think about you or what it is you want like we we talked mm. about family you know letting go of family dreams but as soon as you kind of deal with that if you on Instagram for more than five minutes or just anything, even the field that we're in that we love, that we're inspired by, but let that be an inspiration, not a guidepost. Your guidepost is inside, not mm-hmm. outside. I believe, you know, I don't believe, I don't, I think I even said in Being Mary Jane, you don't have to tear down to build. You never, you, never. And never so I think sometimes, and, and some things you'll know if it's time to walk away. You understand that, but I think there's, there might be some other ways to, approach things. I think the first thing when I talk about going to self, I think we're such at odds with each other. I've seen a lot, and this would be one of my challenges for your generation. You guys want so much, and I understand it, and I have compassion for it, by the way. You want so much so quickly, you're not really able to focus on where you're at. You're going to miss so much of your life, and you're going to get to 50 and be like, I don't even remember what I did. I hope you don't do that. I hope you'll remember what you did because you'll be present for the lessons and the blessings and the fun um, of it all, you know? And so I think that the, the willingness to, to do the work and understand the process, like I told you about my mentors, learning to make the sausage cooking in the kitchen, like literally, I think all of us in this pandemic, mm. we either we learned how to cook or we cook better or, you know, whatever, because that's what you had to do. And there's joy in that 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 return to learning how to do that there's joy there so wherever you are I would just say be there thank you
1: thank you thank you Mara because listen she gonna listen to you she don't listen to me so I'm happy about it okay so we have two quick final questions one is petty so I'm gonna ask it real quick And so it's just it's not petty it's more <laughs> like a personal <laughs> desire that I needed to know because I had access to you today whose decision was it To make Tony mispronounce Jabari's name. Oh, God! Every... (laughs) Every time. I need to know, Mara. I need to know. Because it's Mm. funny. And everybody's about to be talking about it on Twitter. Juju Bean is hilarious.
2: (laughs) Yeah, That was one of the greatest joys. And when... There were days like... Say if I had to do phone calls. And the writers were waiting on me for something. They would just... They would pass the time by writing down all the J words Tony could say. And sometimes just to warm up the room, we would just have it. It was just, to be honest, I don't know whose idea it was. I don't know if it was my own. It was such a collective by the end of it. It was just so much fun. It was one of the most joyous parts of just and Jill, did she slay that every time? I mean, like, every, went, time, every time. Every straight
1: face. Straight <laughs> like, from the heart. She was speaking from like, the soul, And she would right. look like, ain't that your name? That's your name, right? Like, <laughs> like, it wasn't
0: a joke. Not a smile.
1: Not a smile. Just, she she kill Jabuki? What? Jabou- <laughs> Juju
0: bean. Juju
1: Jabari, huh? What? Juju bean? Yeah.
2: I oh my god that was so much fun but i don't remember i i wanted yeah. anyway i i we're gonna say that's the collective that's the collective right that's the group. collective yeah that's amazing
1: and i'll let scotty take the last the our very last question because we like to end on a positive note always oh, oh. this
2: is positive the whole thing
0: thank you ladies oh, yes of course um what is bringing you joy
2: right now what is bringing me joy like that list is long I knew about my privilege, my hard earned privilege. I did work for this. I worked very hard, Talk about it. Um, but it makes my heart feel more compassion to figure out how to help more. I, I, you know what I'm saying? And, just in, and so I think even the, when you say joy, I, I, I do think, the, how do, how can I give back? And first it starts with self and that is, and I really have been yoga. And meditation has given me great joy. And I want to give that back. It has been a piece that I have I have not consistently done in my life until quarantine. And I can't tell you how wonderful that was. I think the giving back cooking dinners for my children, sitting at the dinner table, that actually mm-hmm. brings me great joy. How much we rush through Oh, not, that, not that I never had dinners with my kids but the consistent level I'm yeah. not, I'm lighting yeah. candles I put candles up I put flowers <laughs> up like I I I just obviously my deal at Netflix is bringing me joy you know what I'm saying that hey I hey. mean let me just be real about that you know what I'm saying listen let me, let me bags be bags and joy when you can yes. get both at the same yes. time <laughs> we love to see it <laughs> I mean just to I need mean, to really have something that I really wanted and it manifest um I'm I'm happy and proud of that. Um, my family brings me joy. And then also, I'm also very inspired by the movement that we're in, because I do think that it is making those of us who maybe were a little passive or not as involved as we should be. Um, here's, here's an easier way to say it. The good guys have got to put in more work. The thing I love about the bad guys, they are consistent. They know urgency and consistency very well. The good people are rising. And they're just like, no. And that brings me joy to see us, humanity fight back against evil. Because that's like what we're dealing with. We're, we are figuring out how to fight back. Even you asking the question is a reminder that there's so much more for us to fight for. That brings me joy. And then... When I do give back, I mean, I'm finding more joy because it's intent- It's so intentional in the fight for humanity. For- I feel like I'm in a Star Wars movie, like good and evil. Like it's like I want to, yeah. um, I really want to be, I want to give more than I have taken from this life experience. And every day that I do that, that brings me joy and gives me hope for the next day.
0: Thank you, Mara. That was thank beautiful. Thank you so much. And joy
2: is an act
0: of resistance. So you just standing in your joy is rebellious. And, you know, it's it's blackness altogether. So thank you so much, Mara, for sitting with us, talking to us. Oh, this has been so great. This is
1: such a good kind of like bomb, like, you know, right. for like, just like shea butter all over the conversation. Right. I loved it. It was beautiful, <laughs> beautiful.
2: Thank you. Thank you for, I wouldn't be here without you, meaning we need a conversation. I appreciate the conversation we've had through the work and I appreciate today's conversation. It was in the celebration of this 20th anniversary and the celebration of this new deal. This was a beautiful conversation to have and be a part of my memory. Being here with you is really lovely. All right, now is the time
0: where we put y'all on to things we enjoy in hopes that you can enjoy it too. Sylvia, mm-hmm. what are you recommending this week?
1: Scotty, I gotta be honest, I'm about to be real black. This is about to be a real black You're real moment. Black then. Um, a real black ass recommendation um, because during the affermented Achichella that was the Gladys and Patty verses. I, like a lot of my um, African-American brothers and sisters, <laughs> order soul mm-hmm. food to get the full experience while so watching. I. You know, I, it just felt right to have greens, mac and cheese, something fried while watching mm-hmm. Patty and Glass. I think I peaked, like the blackness peaked. And, you know, with that kind of cuisine comes a favorite condiment of our people, <laughs> which is hot sauce. Hot sauce. Is key to most soul food dinners. And I discovered a new hot sauce. Which, but a lot of people know, we stick to our hot sauces more than we stick to our relationships. Like, when you find a good hot sauce, it's like, find a good man. You hold on to it. You don't really change your ways. Sweet Baby Ray's. A lot of y'all know them for their barbecue sauce. We use their barbecue. Mm -hmm. They have a new hot sauce. And baby, baby, bay. that's why it's called Sweet Baby Ray's, because that thing said, it makes you say, Sweet Baby! Mm. That Sweet Baby Ray's hot sauce on my mac and cheese and fried catfish just really, it really just took me over the edge, because I am usually, I know usually it's like people are very like, either they're a crystals or they're like a Frank's, you know, the, the, the regular Tabasco. There's a lot of different varieties, and people usually have their allegiances regionally. Sweet Baby Ray's new hot sauces might now be my number one. And um, I have no apologies for it, but I just really wanted to make sure that y'all knew, that y'all knew that it exists, that it's out there in the stores able for you to go try it out. (laughs) Because because now Um. now that I know I had to sing it from the mountaintop, that there is a new hot sauce in town and she's a bad bitch coming for your faves
0: i am going this is a safe space because <laughs> i've made it one and you've made it one. Oh god um i'm gonna come clean right now and say that i just got put on to hot sauce as a whole period yes when you say just yes. got put on I'm- just got put on like um a month ago. What you mean by just? I,
1: what you mean by just, like you just
0: decided to try
1: it out? Cause I know your family been having hot sauce. Don't do your. I know your family. No, my been family having got having hot, hot sauce. sauce yes.
0: They're Caribbean. They, they <laughs> love spicy shit. I'm not a big fan of spicy shit. I'm not a fan of hot. How am I going to (laughs) enjoy this meal when there is something burning in my mouth? Well, I don't want
1: that kind of hot sauce either. I'm not that level either.
0: I like a flavorful hot sauce. I wasn't exposed to the flavored hot Ah. sauce. So... There is this thing called um, Frank's.
1: Yes, that's hot my sauce.
0: that's the one that yeah this is that's my, the my, one that you said. Is
1: my favorite.
0: And I I sprinkled a little bit. <laughs> Would you put it on, on? A wing. <laughs> on a chicken wing? Of course, it was a chicken wing. And I said, <laughs> "Wow, <laughs> wow, I think I'm an adult now." And so that's the reason why I, I'm I'm gonna try this sweet baby rays. Yeah, um,
1: cause you, so we're in line. Yeah, well, okay. So we're in Cause step scared. with our hot sauce taste then. Because if, okay. if you like Frank's, Frank's was my nigga. Like Frank has been in every home I've had, you know what I mean? But if you ain't tried little Frank's, or in this case, like I said, Sweet Baby Ray's hot sauce on a mac and cheese, on a protein, a fried protein. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, you I haven't lived. It. You I haven't really lived. And it. I just want to congratulate I'm you, sorry. Scotty, for unlocking a new Try level new. unlocking a new level of blackness in your
0: life of blackness absolutely <laughs> absolutely I can't believe um, because you... there are there are a lot of unlocked levels <laughs> that I am, cannot share right now oh my because God. I do not want this show to be boycotted but <laughs> I, this is a
1: secret black girl I, confet- confession right here. A black this girl is confession, for real.
0: and I need y'all not to take it to Twitter. They're know? gonna Just take it leave to it Twitter. It you here. know they—they they ain't. I'm gonna.
1: They're like our cousins. They can't keep it to themselves. They are gonna you take it to the Twitter to streets. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you know, but I'm enjoying it now. And thank you. You've you come know, on the, I, I'm and, that's a good time. and that's
1: what matters. And that's what matters most is that you have yes. arrived at the proper destination. Yes.
0: So absolutely, Sylvia. Thank you for the recommendation. Yeah, go
1: get it while it's hot, kids. Go get it while it's hot, blacks. I promise you, it's lovely. Mm. So that's my black ass recommendation um, for today, Scotty. What are you putting the people on this week?
0: Ooh, we I bought Black Girl Sunscreen, <laughs> and I've been looking. I've been looking over. It's that's, that's the name of it, Black Girl Sunscreen. <laughs> that's
1: why I'm laughing. No, I think I saw it on your IG. All over the world. <laughs>
0: For a sunscreen that doesn't make me look like I have foundation on, (laughs) right? Foundation that are three shades lighter than me (laughs) on. Um, It dries quickly and completely. It does not make me oily at all. Ooh, and yes, and like I don't need to reapply. What? Like I wore it all day. I had a good time. It was sheer. It was perfect. Like it wasn't <laughs> heavy. I just was just so happy to have something that was light mm-hmm. on my face that that came with SPF because it's very important, yes, for black people to wear sunscreen, it please. Is. Every black day, people don't do start not with skip whole, that step.
1: Especially because Jesus, people think it's please. just about the skin cancer stuff or the melanin blocks that, but also we yes. deal with hyperpigmentation and nobody deals mm-hmm. with dark spots more than black women. And y'all know that, sunblock, that sunblock is supposed to prevent your dark spots and your skin colors from getting even more discolored from each other. And that's really mm-hmm. the key note that should make all of us mm-hmm. run to the to the hills to get SPF. because dark spots are my is my number one issue when it comes to my skin and I am so glad like when I found out it was because I was walking around without fucking sunscreen on, I was like, What? So yes, yeah, sorry. Alright.
0: It gives you a glow, it's clear. I just and it's Again, like I am very happy. I'm super satisfied, and it's only been a few days. And from what I can tell, you know, people have been telling me that it really helped with their hyperpigmentation. Oh, nice! Um, quickly too, like sn- just in a jiffy. And I haven't used <laughs> jiffy in a while. Wow. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I love that. I'm going to, and it's also made by a black woman, so we love that. Be and I, it, it better be
1: with that name. I love that the Hello. name is straight well, to shit, the point. We don't know. Child. I know, because Lord knows they will up. give us an African pride and be like, <laughs> that black town. <hometown.
0: laughs> you know what's crazy? I was running on a treadmill today, uh-huh. and I did five miles. And you know, wow. on the treadmill where they have the video, uh, where you can imagine running Oh okay. No, I they don't play because shooting, I don't run on a right? treadmill. But sure. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. I there's white people. There's you know more white people who look at you running. Oh You're wow! Running past a bunch of white people. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and then I bump into this white person with dr- who has dreadlocks, a dreadlock w- wig, and it's a group of them. I have to write a letter to life. <laughs> fitness <laughs> because
1: what what Fuck. what kind of hell simulation were you in right. <laughs> you can't even almost, wait you can't even <laughs> run on a treadmill without being fucking no <laughs> it's crazy I without so dealing tripping. with in
0: fact i was like hold on i almost tripped over my foot so <laughs> i was like wait who is this group of white people who are dressed as bob marley like it was crazy it was nuts and I was like, so you have to deal with cultural people.
1: appropriation on the digital treadmill on a while digital working out. Nigga. You can't even work out in peace. A simulation, nigga. A, a simulation. You had to. You were attacked with racism from the confines of your own home gym. Nigga, That's some wild shit right wanted. there. Right. They it wasn't. Was they couldn't pastures. even just hire some real black people with logs to run by? No. No, no. There's not
0: a <laughs> black person in there. And all I wanted was some green pastures and some clouds.
1: Just give and me those. Things you, and right, they gave you race. They gave you cultural appropriation they gave and me racism. White
0: people in <laughs> dread. That's why. And with the Jamaican colors on. I was like Shut this shut guys, your mouth right oh, now. I have was to it Miley it. Cyrus? The next time I do, child, it could have been <laughs> I I just know for a fa- I'm going to take a picture of it next time whenever I'm I decide yes, please. to that is motivate wild. myself to do five miles. But we're going to have to have a talk life fitness. My mind is blown. My mind is
1: awesome. Well, well, that's a different it's kind awesome. of putting us on to some fuck shit is what you did just then. And I am um, uh, good to run, know. Run
0: on a different Trigger warning. Trigger
1: now. warning if you run that's on that
0: crazy. website. That's crazy. Anyway. That's what I'm putting you
1: on, too. Black girl sunscreen. Thank you. Thank you for that. All right. That's yeah. our show. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you all for tuning
0: in. <laughs> our show is a production of Pineapple Street Studios in partnership with Netflix and Strong Black Lead. Shout out to our team. Executive producers are Agarenish, Asha Ashagre, and Jasmine Lawson. Our lead producer is Jess Jupiter, and our music is by Amanda Jones. Special thanks to Max Linsky and Jenna Weiss-Berman.
1: Make sure you share your thoughts with us on the episode using the hashtag OK Now Listen. We love hearing what y'all have to say. And follow Strong Black Lead on the socials at Strong Black Lead. And
0: follow us too. I'm at Sylvia O'Bell. And I'm at Scotty Beam. Unless it's about hot sauce. I'm (laughs) at nothing. (laughs)
1: Until next time, folks. Stay blessed.